Welcome to Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What, the podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. I'm Diana. And I'm David. And today, it's Oscar 2020 day. Ooh. Yep, it's our predictions. We've talked about it so much. We finally watched all the Best Picture nominees. It's time to make some predictions. Ah, but first, but first, Oscar songs. All right, it's time to go through our Oscar songs. Five nominees, Mm -hmm. as usual. But this year, there was a major, major snub. Okay, well, everyone keeps talking about snubs all over the place, so it's, I don't know. But specifically in this category. Okay, well, I don't even remember who the things are anyways. (laughs) Like, the nominees, I don't know. Well, we're going to go through the five nominees, and then we're going to present our absolute snub, and I'm going to decide if we think that one should have been put in place. Okay, well, you're the one who thinks this is a snub. I haven't even heard the other songs that have been nominated, so <laughs> like, I can't judge it on that basis. All right, well, we're going to start off with our first nominee. Okay. And that is, I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away from Toy Story 4 by Randy Newman. Oh. I can't let you. So it's Randy Newman. Yes, yes, it is. And it's Toy Story. And as somebody commented, this might be the most Randy Newman, Randy Newman Disney song ever. Because basically, this is about suicide. Like, if you look at the lyrics to this song. You not see the sun come up the next morning? I'm not arguing with you. I've seen Toy Story. <laughs> like, I mean, Randy Newman is known for his really positive sounding songs that are incredibly bitingly dark. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the first time I feel like he's just gone for it in a Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't really feel like a Randy Newman song, though. It feels like a pale... It sounds like someone who's trying to imitate Randy Newman. Yeah. It feels like a boring retread of it. Mm -hmm. It just, there are so many really good songs from the Toy Story movies. Oh, yeah. The whole first one, like, he's earned his Oscars in other Pixar films. He's nominated for another movie this year for Marriage Story. And the score on that one is great. The score in Marriage Story is fantastic, especially for what that movie is. Mm -hmm. This is crap yep like pure crap so next up Mm -hmm. from the pseudo christian film breakthrough written by diane warren and performed by chrissy metz Mm -hmm. i'm standing with you bad it's pretty middle of the road oh we have an uplifting song yeah i I was pretty hard on this one the first time i heard it Mm -hmm. 
listening to it again, I don't know if maybe it was just like in the headphones, it sounded a little worse. I mean, it's fine. It's just Diane Warren, it's like diminishing returns. Like every time she gets nominated, these songs just get more and more meh. Agreed. All right. Here is maybe the banger out of everything we're going to listen to. It's time for Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. My adventure, I don't need something new. I am afraid of what I'm risking if I follow you into the unknown. I mean, it's Adina Feckingman, though. So good. It is absolutely standard. Like, this This is the best song. However, I will say this. I prefer the Panic at the Disco version better. Oh, I don't. I don't. I listen to both of them. The Panic at the Disco version is fine. Mm-hmm. I don't like the music behind it. Like, I, I, I love Brandon Urie. His vocals are amazing on it. I just, I really like it. It's really fun. This this version is beautiful. I, I have no problems with it. I'm just like, in terms of radio play, Panic of Disco version is better. That's fine. I just, I like how more sweeping and, and it feels. And then when Adina punches through with that chorus, it's just insane. Like, Let It Go was powerful. Powerful. And oh. this feels like it blows it out of the water. <laughs> She's amazing. She's just. She, she is. I think maybe the only little critique I have of this song is that the lyrics don't work on their own quite as well unless you're in the story of the movie. I don't think that's true because I was just listening to this and I'm trying to remember what happened, like what's going on. And I don't fully remember because I mean, we saw the movie, but we don't fully remember like what was going on. But for me, it's just that it's like, okay, like clearly like she's like, I've already been out there I've already done shit I don't I'm not looking for an adventure but something's happening that I can't ignore yeah that's fair that's what the song is which is to a certain degree a little bit of a ripoff tone wise of Moana's it calls me because that's the whole concept of that song yeah I don't know I don't know I gave it four and a half because I was like it it is such a powerful song, but I it also doesn't feel quite as standalone as Let It Go was. Like, just how immense of a song that was. I would say, musically, this is a better song than Let It Go. I would agree with that. Just weirdly, I'm like, as an Oscar song for me, that one just notches slightly higher for whatever reason. I don't know. But uh, hands down, probably the best out of this whole group. So next... Written by Elton John and Bernie Taupin and performed by Elton John and Taryn Egerton. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna love me again from Rocket Man. sucks it's not good it's not interesting it doesn't add anything to the movie um but while we were chatting while we were listening to it you know elton's voice is just really not 
there as much anymore. And that's okay. But it's just kind of like when you have someone like Taryn next to him who's doing a phenomenal job. It's just kind of like, no. Yeah, I think there's a difference between, you know, Elton having a struggling voice and powerfully singing a song that feels unique and very Elton John. Mm -hmm. But this feels like just a soul song ripoff. A little bit. And the lyrics, if you dig into them, are actually really good. Like Mm -hmm. Bernie wrote some really thoughtful, poignant lyrics for this song. Uh So I, I do like that because it is a very reflective song. But there's just nothing musically going on there to grab you. And the only cool part about it is hearing Taryn and being like, God, Taryn sounds exactly like him. Exactly like him. I want to give it a little bit of credit because it is fun and it is nice, but it's just a generic post-credit song. Then finally nominated in the category, written by Cynthia Erivo and Joshua Brian Campbell and performed by Cynthia Erivo is a song Stand Up from Harriet. And the stars fill the night That's when I'm gonna stand up Take my people with me Together we are going To a brand new home Far across the river Can you hear freedom calling Calling me to answer Gonna keep on keeping on I can feel it in my So I would say it's like number three out of five. Like it's not the worst song, but I'm like, it just makes me roll my eyes. I really like the music. Really, it's not bad. The music and the arrangement with the gospel choir underneath Mm -hmm. works really well. The lyrics are just so painfully blunt. And I know it's a gospel song. So there's a little bit of that element of we're keeping it simple. Mm -hmm. But just. There's something to that that's like, it just doesn't land in any meaningful way. It's like that Jennifer Hudson song that we had, I think, last year or the year before Mm -hmm. that was written by Diane Warren that we were just like, this is so blah. Yeah. (laughs) There's some really amazing music going on here, but there's no weight to it at all for such a weighty subject. Yep. Yeah. I. It's like, it's not a bad song. You just don't care. Yep. Now. There is an individual, an icon, you might say, that got shortlisted for the best song category this Mm -hmm. year. That would be Beyonce, who released an entire album's worth of material Mm -hmm. inspired by The Lion King. Mm -hmm. And with it, the song Spirit, which we are going to listen to and decide if we thought this should have been nominated. Okay, thoughts. It's a good song. Mm-hmm. And I would have rather seen it nominated over like that first one we will listen to. Over Randy Newman's yeah, over piece Randy of Newman crap turd. <laughs> yeah, because it's a better song. It's a better song. And imagine the performance we would have gotten. Uh, I, I don't want to nominate things just for the performance we could get out of it. I agree. That's needs to be a good song. Absurd. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. 
And I think the song needs to both serve the movie and stand alone on its own. That's fair. And this this wasn't technically like in the film other than that end credit sequence. Which counts. We, we know that counts yeah. for films. What I thought was particularly interesting about this song, what leveled it up just slightly over over some of the choices, was like, this song uses the same musical themes as Circle of Life. Well, and I think that might be what killed part of it, is it's sampling. It is, in fact, sampling. Okay. And I don't know if that's allowed in Oscar song nominations. See, it never, feel, it never felt like sampling to me. But it is. It felt way more like using the same structure and chords and then reworking it to make a new song. No, honey, it is 100% sampling. Well, all right, then that's like, fine. And I don't, I don't know if that's not allowed in. I don't either. I don't know what the rules are. Especially since I think that song has already won an Oscar. So that might also add to the problem. Yeah. I, the only thing I would say is, you know, I, I don't think it would have been shortlisted if that were the case. It would have just been disqualified. Not necessarily. I don't know. I, I just, I would rather have this. It feels more original and interesting than at least one or two of the songs on this list. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, this is better. I'm not that excited about these songs. Mm-hmm. There's one song that I'm like, it's a banger. It's great. And I think it's going to win. Yeah. And I don't think it's even hard to discuss. <laughs> nope. Do you think it's going to get better? Do you think we're going to have a year where we're just like, all oh, these songs are so good? I don't know. We've, we've had some tough years before. Not since we've we've been podcasting, but they've certainly existed. Yeah. I mean, it might just be cyclical. Might might take a few years, and then all of a sudden, these movies pop up, and they've all got one really great song in the middle of them, but it ain't this year, that's for sure. Nope. All right. Well, let's get in to our predictions. Okay. All right. I guess it's time to do it, right? Let's yep. lay out these predictions. First of all, do you want to explain our scoring system? All right. This is how we've done it for like the last 10-ish years that we've been together. We do a ranked choice for the top eight awards so that we can have a little differentiation between our ballots because on the more technical awards, they get very, very similar. (laughs) So for best picture, director, actor in a leading role, actress in a leading role, actor in a supporting role, actress in a supporting role, original screenplay and adapted screenplay, we do first place, second choice. If your first place gets picked, then you get two points. If your second place gets picked, you get one point. And there's strategy that goes into that. There is strategy. Because sometimes it's, you know, I want to give my favorite a shout out here. Plus, if it Dark Horse wins, mm-hmm. there's that. If there is some weirdness where there is a tie, you get all the points. Hey, I mean, it's yep. possible. Yep. So it, it, it adds a little element of drama there and makes it even more competitive mm-hmm. and almost always results in a zero tie. But yep. of course, there will be a traditional tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. So starting at the bottom of our list, documentary short. These are movies that I haven't seen. You haven't seen. Not many people are going to have seen. All right. So what are we picking? I am picking In the Absence. Apparently, it's a Korean film. Mm-hmm. about the slow unfolding of a disaster of a sinking ferry. Mm-hmm. Real dark, but apparently incredibly compelling. All right. What about you? Same. <laughs> I just picked a dot. All right, on to live action short. Going with Brotherhood. All right, I was going with a sister. 
We don't know anything about these movies. We're sorry. Mm-hmm. Finally, animated short. I went with the most buzzed hair, hair love. love. Yep. Everybody's talking about it. I would be very surprised if that didn't win this year. Visual effects. Now, before we get too far into these, the technical awards are tough. Yeah, I haven't picked one yet. <laughs> I'm trying to decide. They These are not easy choices. I am going with 1917. The logic is that the effects had to be pre-planned before they start doing these shots and then have to be redone according to anything that happened in the shots because of how they made 1917. That one shot effect makes it that much harder. All right, I'm going 1917 as well. Oh, okay. Sound mixing. For sound mixing, this feels like a two-movie race here. Yeah, it's Ford versus Ferrari or 1917. And again, we should point out the difference between sound editing and sound mixing is that sound mixing is about the balance of sound in a movie, Mm -hmm. how everything is working and leveling, and sound editing is basically fully work, the creation of sounds for the film. and, And capturing sound. Correct. For sound mixing, I'm going Ford versus Ferrari. Same. The way sound was used in that movie to capture the moment Mm -hmm. was so incredibly important. Yep. For sound editing, I went with 1917. Same. (laughs) Production design. I'm torn between two. It's a tough category. It's very tough. I read something that convinced me once Mm -hmm. upon a time in Hollywood. I I haven't picked either of those. I'm trying to decide between 1917 and Jojo Rabbit. I was trying to decide Um, between those two, but somebody convinced me of if Hollywood's going to give one of its own an award that night, giving it for the production design and the painstaking recreation of 60s Hollywood. eh. I'm going to go with Jojo Rabbit. It's very good. It's, It's a tough category. I would be happy to lose this one. I would. Makeup and hairstyling. Bombshell. Bombshell. It's been racking up every award and... You have two near-perfect recreations of actual people on mm-hmm. screen. Editing. Another tough one. Mm-hmm. Do you have one? Because I'm split for a moment. I went with Parasite. You take away good editing from that film and it, it does not. It doesn't land as well. Parasite requires all of its parts to work well together. It just does. Yes. And I feel like editing is a big part of that one. More so than any of these other films. And I feel like that film is definitely has one of the best scripts and the best stories. It's it's a slam dunk. It's my favorite movie of the year. It's my number one. That's just like, I'm not not even going to pretend this movie, if it doesn't have good editing, has fallen apart. And I don't think that's true of the other films because they're not as good. (laughs) I'm going to swing with you on this and say Mm -hmm. Parasite wins. Okay. But I do want to mention that originally Ford versus Ferrari captured me. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons was that movie was exquisitely paced. Yes. It never felt like it was lagging. And that is a near three hour movie. Mm. So the fact that they managed to keep that story compact with all those moving parts is pretty damn good editing on their end. Yeah. Costume design. Jacqueline Duran for Little Women. And put Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit's costumes are amazing. I I would love to lose this category too. To me, it's a toss up. It's historical with also telling stories. Here's my problem with Little Women. Laurie looks absurd and he doesn't tell a story. They did something where they painted him. They they had him costumed like he was in a painting and it didn't fit the world he was actually in. And it was jarring more than anything else. There were very clever things they did with Joe 
like repeating motifs and stuff that I did love and it was beautiful, but it's lost and it's distracted by that, that comical crap to me. And I was like, no, no, thank you. Mm. And Jojo Rabbit did something new and Taika Waititi looked at like, what did people look like in Germany? And they were extremely fashionable and nobody ever, ever puts that on screen. Yeah. I mean, the thirties and the Weimar were such an incredibly progressive, interesting time. Mm -hmm. And they were in the height of modernity right before the brown shirts took over. (laughs) So I feel like that was more interesting. And that was also new on screen for us. So that one for me. That's fair. I I like I totally I absolutely agree with you on Lori. Like you pointing that out makes me go, Oh but, yeah, that bugged me. That did bug me and I couldn't put words to it. Like and there were moments where it was like, This is horrible, but in the right way, but most of the time it was not. But the costuming of all of our lead characters, of all of the little women to me, was really just solid and fascinating to watch and did tell a story for me more than just the normal period piece costume. That was my first instinct, but I said no. All right, well, hey, it's a good category to butt heads against. Next one, cinematography. This is a slam dunk. Roger, Roger Deakins, Deakins, 1917. But if we lost to Lighthouse, I would not be mad. I agree. Somebody brought this up, which was like, the Lighthouse will never win. But the fact that its sheer talent muscled its way onto this list mm. shows how good the cinematography was in that film mm-hmm. because it made that movie. Fair. Original song, Into the Unknown. Into the Unknown. And people are trying to say Elton John? No. It's like, no. Not even. No. I'm not even looking forward to that performance. I am. It's Elton and Taryn. It'll be fun. I love Taryn. Original score. We did not talk about that. Okay. This this is low-key the toughest category on this list. Because all of these are good. For me, there was one that a sl- it was a slam dunk. Really? Yeah. Which one are you and going with? And I was with? surprised. I was surprised by myself. What are you going with? Randy Newman. Wow. Okay. And I, and I love my boy Andrew Desplat. Fucking love that man. That the score for Little Women is fantastic. It is. But here's the thing: Marriage Story is overinflated BS. But that score adds something to that movie that is not there without it. That score changes part of that movie. So I was like, "Fuck!" That's the only movie I can say that about. You know what score also changes part of a movie? Hilder Goodness Daughter, Joker is my pick. I understand. Uh, that's when everybody talks about Joker and they say it deserves nothing except for two awards and that's Joaquin and the score. I go, that's fair. I can understand that. I had to sit for a moment and be like, I need like 30 seconds of clips because I don't remember a lot of these except that's Little fair. Women, which is the last movie I saw. Mm-hmm. I thought everybody on here was great, but that score, hearing it again, I was like, it did provide enough unsettling energy to make me feel something more about this movie. I understand that. All right, documentary feature? I went with American Factory. Yeah. It's got the most buzz. Yeah. So that's the purely it. Mm-hmm. Animated feature. Klaus. So did I, based purely on Demi and Dejuwebe's <laughs> recommendation. I didn't go on Demi, but I did based on awards clout. It's been racking up awards, especially yep. at the Annie's, and just getting the buzz. Mm. All right, international feature. Okay, it's Parasite. There's lots of choices on this list, and I could totally agree with them. There's lots of political maneuvering around this, but I do think there's a world where Parasite could win Best International Feature and Best best Picture. It could. There's nothing prohibiting that. No, there's no rule against it. It's nominated in both. It can win in both. I completely agree. We had this conversation, was it last year? Yeah, it was last year with Roma. And for me, 
it is the best feature from an international stage, period. It is a phenomenon. So I am not giving it international feature. Okay. I'm giving it to Pain and Glory. Excellent choice. Because I've read a lot of things about this category. And too many people, whose opinions are mostly are like, all right, this, this, these are sound arguments, think that Parasite is so much bigger than this category that no one's going to vote for it in this category. So they're going to give it to Pain and Glory, which is where we get one of our Best Actor nominations. Yeah. And Parasite is going for the biggest prize. I mean, no shame in that, but... No, no. That's just... That's that's how I feel like this game is getting played out. That's that's my feeling. That's fair. Now we're into our top eight. Yep. So adapted screenplay. All right. First place and second place. First place, Greta Gerwig, Little Women. Correct. Same for me. Second place, Taika Waititi for Same. Jojo Rabbit. Same. And it is... Almost a toss-up for me on those two. I think they are beautifully written movies. Mm -hmm. I think they have beautiful messages. They are polar opposites in how they approach their stories, but they're both wonderful and uplifting, which is tough in a movie year that was kind of dark. They're both very, very good. I mean, Greta is a superior because we've seen this story before. Mm -hmm. So to give it something new and breathe new life into it, and I feel that Greta Gerwig's superpower is her writing. Yeah. And so I would like to see that acknowledged. Original screenplay. This one's hard, too. Number one is Parasite. Correct. Bong Joon-ho and Hang Jin-wong. Parasite. What is your number two? Noah Baumbach, Marriage Story. I put knives out, Ryan Johnson. I would love to see Ryan Johnson win a screenplay award. I don't think you. I, I think it's Bong Joon-ho all day. Well, I do, too. The problem I have throwing Ryan in here is that I appreciate that movie. I really do. But I also left going, you know, a lot of people are going to say this feels like such a twisty movie. And I was like, it never felt that twisty to me. I enjoyed the heck out of it. The problem with this movie in this category is that it's not a drama. It's the sore thumb. But here's the thing. It did everything the other movies did. And you know what? Did it better than some of them. I just I don't feel the same way about the movie. I felt like the technical details were more what shown for me. Mm hmm. And as smarmy as it is, that screenplay for Marriage Story is so good. Like mm -hmm. if they hadn't treated it with such elevated importance and just really done it, I feel like it would be so much better. Eh. All right. Actress in a supporting role. First place, Laura Dern. Laura Dern for Marriage Story is number one. Number two for me is Florence Pugh in Little Women. Put Margot Robbie. I... They're never going to give it to Flo. I mean, I guess... This is this is a favorite pick for me, though. Mm -hmm. That's fine. The amazing energy that she did going back and forth between being a kind of snotty preteen and teenager mm -hmm. to being a full-on woman and the growth that she shows throughout that, the acting is incredible. Oh, she's great. I she she sold that movie for me. Actor in a supporting role. First place, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. And I didn't know how much he was getting buzz over this, but... He deserved it. He's great. Uh, we haven't seen two of the nominees in this category. Sorry, Anthony Hopkins and Tom Hanks. Yeah. You have Oscars. Go sit down. I know. Both of those, I don't think we get it anyway. And then my number two is Joe Pesci. Me too. It's just so easy. He was so good. He was. He was the best. All right. Actress in a leading role, Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger. I almost didn't pick her for number one, but I thought better of myself. All right. Number two, Charlize. Yes. Yep. 
All right, actor in a leading role, number one, Joaquin. It's so easy. But number two. Because of the buzz around it, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. I put Adam Driver. Someone wrote something that really did convince me. Okay. They said that that those were the two gentlemen who were the best in this category, and that they really wanted to go with Adam Driver first and foremost, because Adam Driver could do Joker, but Joaquin Phoenix could not have done Marriage Story. <laughs> and I was like, I think that's a fair comparison. <laughs> um, so I'm putting Adam Driver as my number two. Okay. Hey. All right. Director. Ooh. Number one, Sam Mendes. Number one, Bong Joon-ho, Parasite. Number two is Bong Joon-ho. Number two is Sam Mendes, 1917. All right, we flipped them. That's fair. A Bong's vision is the biggest part of that movie. I don't agree. It just is. I don't agree. Best picture, number one, Parasite. Number two, 1917. Number one, 1917. Number two, Parasite. (laughs) We're split on both of those. They're not going to give Parasite the best picture. The Academy is not going to be okay with that. And 1917 is such a perfect choice for them to get around it. I don't think so. I think if it's a year to give a subtitled film the Oscars this year, because it has transcended so many things. I so agree. I do. And I don't think this is a situation where it's going to come down to a split vote. I really don't. I just, because of what happened last year and because of everything I've seen throughout the award season Mm -hmm. and this nomination process, Mm -hmm. I don't trust them. Oh, I don't trust them either. 1917 is such an easy pick. It is, but it's not the right pick. (laughs) It's not. I agree with you 100%. That's why I picked it for other things that it is the correct pick for. And he is the correct pick for the best director. That was the best directing of a film of these options. I am just thinking like a 60-year-old white academy voter. So you're thinking like David. Um, <laughs> I am not. Excuse not. me. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Okay. There's our picks. Uh-huh. So first thing we've got to do is a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. And the tiebreaker is always very simple. Mm-hmm. What time, central standard time, do you think the Oscars are going to end? So I guess the ending is whenever they start rolling credits. Yes, that's what we've always Okay. That's what we've always determined is the second the credits roll is the second we're counting an ending. We are starting at seven PM. What's your prediction? Ten seventeen PM. Mmm. Ten forty five PM. We're right. going long. It's whoever gets the closest to the end time. We're not doing like without going over. It's No who- price is right. Rules. It's it's whoever gets the closest. Yep. Alright. That's the Oscars. Alright, well until next time. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Facebook.